Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. My name is Zach, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. Yes, there's some great 316 verses, but we're located off of Highway 316, uh, hence the name. Uh, If you are local and listening locally, I encourage you to check us out. Check out our website, calvary316.tv.com.net.org. Just Google Calvary 316. You'll find us. I do want to say... I'm not a big proponent of uh, of churches stealing sheep. Um, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a church family, uh, if you're looking for one, uh, or if you're not looking for one, either way, uh, it, but if you don't have a church home, come check us out. Uh, our service is at 1030. If you do have a church, and that church uh, is teaching you God's word, if, if you're growing and you're healthy and your family's healthy, stay put. Like, don't come visit my church. Stay where you are. We're all part of the body of Christ, and that's awesome. However, if let's say you are going to a church and you, you feel stale and stagnant, the Bible isn't being taught, uh, your kids aren't being uh, taught about Jesus, uh, you, the Bibles are never opened, um, if, if you feel as though you're just... Um, going through rut and this is kind of a traditional thing, then maybe you do need to find a different church. And in that point, uh, come check us out. Come hang out with us. Uh, Our church website, as I mentioned, calvary316.tv, not to be confused with our media hub, which is c316.tv. Now, this is the Outlaw Radio Show. And one of our main purposes with this show is to deconstruct or, or at least um, for lack of a better way of saying it, contrasts often the negative perceptions that non-believers end up having of Christians. Isn't it true? The world, the world has developed some very weird thoughts about Jesus by looking at the way that Christians behave. And I think that's safe to say. Christians have a reputation of being judgmental, of being cliquish, of being self-righteous, of being all of the things Jesus wasn't. In this show, what we try to do is take today's topics or things that are that are interesting or sometimes even controversial and unpack them, discuss them in an honest and genuine way uh, in order to contrast negative perceptions. We want Christians to think and we want non-Christians to realize there are Christians who think. And that's what our show seeks to accomplish. Now, over the last several weeks, uh, I haven't, I haven't given you the the contact information. Uh, something that Josh, our producer, has been getting on to me about, and so I, I want to go ahead and, and get that out of the way here from the beginning before we get into the subject matter. Um, we want to connect with you, the audience, and uh, and there are many ways that you can do this. Um, first and foremost, um, our email email address. You can send us an email info at outlawradio.org. We are connected as far as social media goes. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. And, uh, and then we're also on Twitter at radio underscore outlaw. Um, unless Twitter, uh, bans us and, uh, and, and, and eliminates us from any type of search, uh, records. If you've been following the news, you know what I'm talking about. If not, sorry. Uh, and, and one of the reasons that I'm giving you the contact information is that we want, we want to connect with you, the audience. If you're listening, uh, we want to hear from you. Now I, I, I understand. I, I listen to radio. Um, I've never called a radio show. Um, I've never sent an email, uh, to a radio show. Um, I've never uh, tried to connect, but let me explain why why it's important for us, like why we really do want to hear from the audience, and that is the fact that that in order to discuss things in an honest and genuine genuine way, we want to know what you're interested in having discussed, the things that are on your mind, the the pulse of the audience. If we don't hear from you, it's hard for us to 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 really uh, figure that out and, and work that into the programming. Uh, if you have questions questions that, that maybe you're even embarrassed uh, to ask your pastor uh, or ask a friend, um, you can you can send them to us and we'll, we'll answer those questions on air and we won't say who sent the question, uh, but we'll address things. Or if you hear something said on the show and you're kind of scratching your head and you're like, man, I don't really understand, Zach, what you're saying. Uh, well, we want you to understand what we're saying. So send us an email. Let us know. Reach out. Uh, ask a question about anything that was said. And then always know that you can you can challenge something. Uh, that you hear on this show. Uh, I don't know it all. I don't claim to know it all. Uh, I have particular positions and, and I feel like I can articulate them and, and support them. They're thought out positions. 
but I'm, I'm not above learning. And the only way that we can do that is to challenge and to have a dialogue and a discussion. And, and, uh, and if, if I'm ever wrong about something, I have absolutely no problems coming back to this mic and saying, guys, you know, I said this a few weeks ago and, and, and someone wrote, wrote in, and this is what they had to say. And they challenged it. And, and upon thinking and praying about it, you know, I think they're absolutely right. And, and, uh, and I want to, I want to go back to what I was saying and, and, uh, and amend it. Uh, hey, I think it's it would be great to have this dialogue between us if you're listening. Uh, you can submit topics you'd like me to address. Literally, there's there's nothing off limits. So info at outlawradio.org, Facebook, the Radio Outlaw, or Twitter at Radio underscore Outlaw. Now, if you are interested in having a, a question, a comment, whatnot, played live on the air, you can do it this way. This is not a live show. It's pre-recorded. But if you call this phone number, 678-883-3316, I'll say that a little slower, 678-883-3316, if you call that number, uh, no one's going to answer. It goes to a voicemail. But if you if you leave your question there and you make it pithy, uh, you don't bloviate, you get to the point, um, we'll play it on the air and, uh, and address the subject matter uh, that you bring up. Now, with all that being said, I also want to say one more thing before we get to today's topic. And that is the fact that, um, that we're, we're constantly evolving here. Um, conversations between Josh and I, uh, we're never content with the way that our radio show is. We're constantly trying to, to look for ways to improve and to grow. Uh, we're only approaching our 20th. This is the 19th episode. We're, we're, we're not even 20 episodes in. And if you've been listening for any period of time, I, I think that, that we've been exploring different ways of doing this. Um, there is the, the like, like today, um, just, 50 minutes of me, just a one man monologue on one particular topic. And we'll continue to do that. Um, if you've been listening for any period of time, we will periodically break in with interviews. Um, recently we, uh, last, last week we aired two weeks ago, excuse me. We aired a, an interview uh, that we had done with Ed Taylor the week before that. We, we had this interview that we did with Aaron Stoffel. We've done an, an interview with David Guzik and, um, and Alan Rigg. And, and, and we want to bring interviews and good stories. And we'll continue to do that into the future. But one of the things that we are going to kind of add to the repertoire is, and I'm still working on the title. Don't hold me to do it. But, but thinking of calling it something like like Musings with Josh. And the idea here is, is our show's broken into four blocks. Uh, block one is uh, about 14 and a half minutes. Block two is 11 and a half minutes. Block three is 10 minutes. Block four is almost 11 minutes. Like we have four blocks uh, that make up the Outlaw Radio Show. And what we're going to do once a month is Josh, uh, the producer, and you typically hear his voice at the very end of the show, as well as the different lead-ins to the various blocks. He's the other voice you're probably most familiar with. Uh, Josh is going to actually join me uh, for the episode itself. Instead of just being the producer, uh, he's going to somewhat co-host episodes with me. We'll have four blocks and we're going to do four topics. So we'll do a topic for each block and sometimes they'll carry over and blend together. Um, And we're going to specifically focus on things in the news and have a conversation about them from a Christian standpoint. And so that, that's that's one of our big hearts here at Outlaw Radio is to keep this show as relevant to what's happening in the world as possible. And and we feel as though um, as we evolve and grow and and uh, and make additions to the show, we, we felt like that was one thing that, that was missing uh, that we're going to begin adding in soon. Now, all that being said, I want to get to the subject matter today. And, and admittedly, the subject matter today is going to be very heavy and it's going to be personal. Now I need to I need to say up front um, that within Christianity the the conversation about suicide there are camps um, there are people uh, that absolutely believe that if you if you commit the ultimate act of taking your own life uh, a crime against the the temple of God you know a crime against uh, you know, life itself, this, this, the act of suicide, uh, there are like, like within Catholicism, um, that, that it is the unpardonable sin, that it doesn't matter what you've done through your life or what decisions you made through your life, 
whether at some point you've given your life to Jesus or haven't, that if your life ends because you took your life, uh, there is a camp within Christianity that believes absolutely 100% um, you're damned, that you're going to go to hell, that it's kind of this unpardonable thing, that if you take your own life, that's it. Now, not all Christians hold to that position. There are other Christians that that take a, a little bit softer of an approach. Now, clearly, anyone that, that takes their own life um, finds themselves in, in, a, in a bad spot. And there are all kinds of factors and things that happen in a person's life and decisions that they make, this, that, and the other, that lead them to that point. And there are some people that say, I don't know. And I, and I leave that in God's hands. And... I pray for their soul, um, but I just don't know. And it's tough to say. I thought they were a Christian, but maybe they weren't. So so there's one, one aspect to one extreme that says, no, absolutely, you're going to go to hell if you commit suicide. And there's another group that's like, I, to try to soften it, just I don't know. I don't know where they were in that moment or what led them to this and, and et cetera, et cetera. But there's another group. Um, and... and and I tend to find myself in this other group. The, the more that we learn about mental illness, the, the more we learn about PTSD, things that happen chemically in the, in the brain, things that are part of the, the physical man. You know, what's part of the physical man doesn't always specifically correlate to the spiritual man. We talked about that in regards to joy last week. How joy transcends the emotional. It, it, it transcends the physical, meaning that I can be in a really bad place and be dealing with very difficult emotions, but still maintain joy. But the truth is, the more we learn about psychological issues and how these things affect and depression, the more my position is that suicide isn't the unpardonable sin. That suicide can be the tragic results of, of illness and sickness and depression. And yes, losing sight of grace or, 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 or not relying on the Holy Spirit. I'm not defending it in any way, but, but I am not willing to take this, this really hard-lined approach for a lot of reasons, but most notably from an experience of my own life. Like I, I want to tell you about my friend, David. I was born and raised in Calvary Chapel, Stone Mountain. This was a church that my dad started in 1980. I was born and raised there, attended there, except for the few years I was in Bible college in Southern California. And then I was the youth pastor there. I saw kids grow up in the church. It's the, the quintessential family community. And I saw David from a young age, I don't remember life without David. I remember him as a as a, a youngster, a little tyke, growing up, running with his friends, Creighton and Daniel, through elementary school. They had a reputation. As the middle school and high school youth pastor, I, I remember when they came up into middle school. And David was he was rambunctious, but he was this tall kid with 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 engaging eyes, and there was a vitality to his life. He came from good stock and a good family, and he loved the Lord. And he grew up loving the Lord. I knew David as a little brother in middle school. I watched him run around and, and learn how to worship the Lord and study the Bible for himself. When he finally got to high school with his group of friends, he was part of our discipleship group. He plugged in, was connected. I'm going to tell you a lot more about David, but right from the beginning, I need you to know that David was solid. And I remember the day where David was baptized, where he gave his life to Jesus and his life radically changed. And I saw fruit, I saw evidence, but the story does take a dark turn. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the Outlaw Radio Show. Hi, my name is David Guzik and I'm a friend of Zach and the entire team at Outlaw Radio. One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. 
This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, the resources you can access at BlueLetterBible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, BlueLetterBible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as BlueLetterBible.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm kind of titling today's episode, My Friend David. Um, I haven't had the opportunity since the early part of December to just kind of dedicate an episode uh, to David and to talk about kind of his story. Um, and this seemed like as, as good a point as any before we got further uh, into the new year here. Um, as mentioned, I've, I, I knew David uh, since he was a little guy. I don't, I don't actually ever remember a, a, a season of my life without David. Uh, saw him grow up in elementary school, uh, saw him uh, transition into the awkward middle school year uh, years, was his youth pastor, uh, saw the ups and the downs. He entered high school. He was part of our, our man group. And, and, and him, his buddy Crate and his buddy Daniel, they, they were all part of this, this crew. They were good kids, rambunctious, but creative and compassionate and always very respectful. Yeah, they got in their fair share of trouble. And they had their different quirks and tendencies, but always very respectful. And, and David was part of our, of, our, of our discipleship group. It was a big emphasis that we had uh, with our high school ministry. And I mean, David was there every week, would never miss a week. He was always at youth group, always at church. Every time the doors were open, David was there, big, tall kid, and he worshiped and he was genuine about it all. Like there was never anything fake about David. Never anything fake. Sincere. And he was sincere when when he had a question. He was sincere when he disagreed with you. He was he was sincere all the time. Even to a fault, he'd be sincere. And and he loved to 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 shoot guns and run around the woods and blow up things. And um he had he had a pet raccoon at one point. He was an eccentric type of guy, uh, loved to play video games, uh, had this, this community of, of online gamers that he was friends with and that he corresponded with. But I saw from an early age, and we all did, God's hand on David's life to the point that I, I think maybe he was, he was about to be a junior. And I asked him... Um, if you would, if you would help us out with middle school ministry, as one of our of our discipleship group leaders, one of the things we like to do with our high school students when they became upperclassmen was then, you know, we've been pouring into them for at that point five years. Um, that now we wanted them to start pouring into some of the younger kids, and it was kind of this cycle. And God really blessed. And and David, man, he took he had this gift to connect with a middle schooler, and and that's a that is a gift. Um, middle school students are just so awkward. Their their uh, their their face is exploding with pimples. Their voice is cracking. Their feet are four times larger than their body. I mean, they're just in this terror. The girls are twice as big as the boys. I mean, middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. It's hard to get volunteers for that season because I think it it reminds you of all of that awkwardness, and and adults just don't even like it. Uh, but David was different. He he enjoyed being able to pour into those kids, and, and he was good at it. He had a knack for it. And I think the reason is that he was just genuine. There was, there was, there was nothing superficial. And he connected with them on, on, on just a, a real relational, uh, genuine, genuine level. And, and just as he was progressing, he became a senior. He, he, was, he was coming with us on our, on our middle school camps during the summer. 
Um, he was one of our go-to counselors. Uh, he was there early. He would help set up uh, on Sunday nights. He was there. I mean, I mean, you could. I mean, he was one of the most dependable counselors I'd ever had. And he's a, a an eleventh grade high school student, twelfth grader. And then finally, we we uh, we started giving him opportunities to 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 teach a little. It was clear that he had uh, he had the gift to teach. It was raw, but it was real. I'll never forget <laughs> on our uh, middle school camp, I gave him a morning session to teach a Bible study, and uh, and he did a great job. Uh, he said some things that I'm looking at some of the other counselors thinking, "Oh boy." We're going to have to rewind some of that, and hopefully we don't have to apologize to parents. Um, but there was just something sweet about David. He graduated high school, um, went to work. David was never going to go into college. He, he, that, was just not, that was just not his thing. Um, he was wanting to go into ministry. And during that particular season, um, I left Calvary Chapel, Stone Mountain, and I went and uh, started pastoring Calvary 316. And and David, I didn't even have to ask, and nor would I, but he, boom, if you're going, I'm going. And not, not just David, but, but Creighton and Daniel and that whole group um, came with me to help at, at Calvary 316. And um, and it was it was such a sweet season. Uh, David went through kind of a de facto advanced discipleship program that we were doing with some of the young guys at the church. Him and Creighton were at, were at my office every day studying the Bible, and we had developed a curriculum. and And God was just working, and 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 the the Holy Spirit was pouring into him, and he was working enough on a part time job to kind of make ends meet. But but it, he was going through his own de facto Bible college, and he was listening to Joe Foch and and Pastor Sandy Adams and David Guzik, and was going through books of the Bible and and getting some overview. I mean, it was a sweet season, and subsequently. We had him teaching every Sunday morning for the youth kids. Now, don't, don't forget, it's a small church. There's a handful of 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th graders. And, and David was kind of their de facto youth pastor. And, and Creighton helped. And, and it was a sweet season. And anything I needed help with, David was there. And in the course of time, over the next maybe two years, he ended up meeting this gal. And he fell in love. And she started coming to the church and she started plugging in and they were doing ministry together. And, and David decided it was kind of this whirlwind that, that he had met uh, the woman of his dreams and wanted to marry her and, and start a life together with her and, and was ready to take that, take that plunge. And, and, uh, and this gal was right there with him and, and uh, put a ring on it. And I, I officiated their wedding. Now, her family was not into this. They were not believers. And, uh, and kind of thought that she had joined a cult. And I don't blame them at all. We're a ragtag, crazy group of guys. Um, but there was something sweet that was happening. And, and, and David got married, and they started this life together. And, and you could see God working. Now, I don't know what all was going on behind the scenes, um, except for the fact that maybe a couple months into their marriage, I got a phone call. It was on a Saturday and it was Creighton. And Creighton was like, Zach, I don't know what to do, but Haley left this morning, this gal to visit her parents and, um, didn't come home and she's not answering her phone. David has tried to call and, no one's answering the house phone or any of the other cells. And David wants to drive up to the house and find out what's going on. And I gave Creighton some advice and they drove up there and, and no one would come to the front door. And then the police got called. Uh, David explained, my wife is in the house. She's not answering her phone. I don't know what's going on. And so the cop went up to the front door, spoke with the father came back to David and said, son, I think you should just go home. David never heard from Haley again, and she divorced him. And it, it gutted the boy. 
I'll never forget the evenings that that he would be, he would just come over to watch TV at the house, as opposed to just being home alone. And he was just empty, suffering. Didn't know why. Didn't wasn't given an explanation. Didn't know what he'd done wrong, or wasn't given the opportunity to rectify it. Wasn't given any chance to do marriage counseling. It was just, it was brutal to watch. And his friends were there for him, oftentimes just sitting with him. And it took months. He was in a darkness, a, a bad place. He made the decision to kind of step out of youth ministry, just didn't feel like he was up for it. His attendance at church kind of became a little spotty. I mean, we knew he was struggling. And then he decided once the divorce was finalized and, you know, that he needed to turn the page, he needed to start over it, and he got his mindset that he was going to go into the military. It had always kind of been a dream. It had been something as a kid he had thought maybe he would want to do. And, and, and his life kind of took a different path. But at this point, he kind of had nothing tethering him here and, and thought, well, maybe I'll pursue this dream. And that'll help me get out of this funk. And, and it was at that point, you know, yeah, the cloud started lifting and, and, and he started working out so he could pass the different tests that he needed to and started studying up on this. And, and, and it gave him a bit more purpose and some direction. It was a good thing. And we were all supportive. We were behind him. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget the Sunday that was going to be his last before he deployed, before he went to, to boot camp. And as a church, we, we, we had seen his struggle. We had seen what he had gone through. We had seen what it had done to him. And we were excited that he was going to embark on a new journey. And, and we wanted, as a church, him to know we were behind him, that we were supportive. And so on that Sunday, what we ended up doing is, is his, parents were, his parents came to church, some other family members. Um, he was going to deploy the next day. And we had him come up on stage and the elders came and we laid hands on him and we were sending him as a missionary uh, into the service. And he left. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened because maybe a month later... I hear through the vine that David's home. I'll tell you more when we come back after this break. Pastor Zach will be back with part two of today's edition of the Outlaw Radio Show. But I want to take a moment to remind you to check out the Outlaw Radio Show website. Log on to outlawradio.org. You can always search for us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Search Facebook and Twitter for the Radio Outlaw. Now, here's Zach with part two of today's edition of the Outlaw Radio Show. So I'm telling you about my friend David. Good kid, jovial, lots of life and vitality, bit of a goofball, but just genuine. Love Jesus. I was his youth pastor from sixth through twelfth grade, middle school and high school. He was one of my middle school youth counselors for the years that followed. Went with me when we went out to Calvary 316 to start the church. Was part of kind of a pseudo Bible college that we were running. Just a hardcore, in-depth uh, study session every day. I spent time with David. Loved him. Considered him a little brother. I officiated his, his wedding. Got married. And I was there when his marriage quickly fell apart. To this day, none of us really know what happened. I don't think David really knew what happened. The lines of communication were cut off and never reopened. His wife woke up one morning, said she was going to go visit her parents for the day. And literally, that was the last David ever saw of her or heard from her. And it gutted him. And he went into a dark, a dark place, a tough place. We all witnessed it. And we were there to encourage him and love him. And it was neat to see over a couple month period, you know, him decide, I'm going to go into the military. And it gave him purpose. It gave him some direction. It gave him some guidance. It gave him a little bit of hope. And you could see the, that, that fog begin to lift. 
And there was a Sunday morning, the day before he went to boot camp, that we all laid hands at church and we prayed for him and he was going to go and be a missionary in the service. And, and we were all excited. We were, we were bummed that he would be leaving, but we were, we were encouraged that there was some direction. But then there was a, a, a couple weeks that went by, and about a month later, I ended up hearing through the vine that David was home. He hadn't called me, hadn't communicated to me anything, but he was home. He's supposed to be in boot camp, but he's home. And that sent up you know, flares all over the place, so I immediately called him. I said, hey, man, what's going on? Uh, come, up, come to the house. Uh, love you, man. Just want to know what's going on. And he came over and we actually, it was the fall time and we sat out and we had a fire and, uh, and he told me that he had gotten sick right into boot camp, And as a result, he wasn't able to, to do much of the, the physical exercises that needed to be done. And so, so they kind of told him they, they discharged him and said he needed to get better and then he could reenlist. And that's what, that's what we were told. And I mean, how do I, how do I question any of that? I don't, I don't know what the truth is or isn't. This is just what he's saying. And it, and it made sense and that, and that was fine. And so I'm like, Hey, so you're going to get yourself back in order and then, and go and do it again. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Well, that didn't ever really happen. And, and, and not only that, but, but David never really came back. And, and let me, let me, let me explain it this way. David was back, but he wasn't. I don't know if he felt like he was a failure that he had failed in something. I don't know if he felt like, um, we were disappointed in him. Um, no matter what any of us, and even his core group of friends, I had mentioned Creighton and Daniel, you know, people are reaching out to him, you know, Hey, Hey man, come to church. Like it's no big deal. Like things happen. You'll go back. It's all good. We just love you and want to see you. And some of the other elders even reached out to him and he would come every once in a while back to church, but it was real spotty. And even when he was there, just something was off. Something was awry. You could tell he was suffering. And, and this continued and he became more and more and more distant. I can't explain it other than just to say that he wasn't there, not just with church, but just personally, relationally. And you'd get together with him every once in a while, and he, he was David. And you'd think, all right, he's back, and he wouldn't come back. Even Creighton, his best friend, had these same struggles, just David becoming more and more and more distant. And he never re-enlisted. You know, you'd reach out and say, "Hey, man, thinking about you. What's going on?" And and at one point, he was like, "Hey, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to try to get into acting, and and that's kind of a big thing going on in Atlanta right now. And and uh, you know, I'm I'm being an extra on this show and that show, and I'm I'm going to try to do this, and I'm going to try to do that. And it's like, hey, man, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, man, we'd love to see you at church. And the reason that it kind of kept coming back to church is that I just I just knew that David was one of those type of people that that. With community, he was in a great place, but he was the type of personality that if he became isolated and insulated and away from community and his friends, I just worried about him. I worried about him. Now, understand, I would trust David with my children. He was my brother, my little brother. I'd do anything for him. Well, fast forward the story. A year ago, 2016, it's the last day of November. Creighton is here at the office. We're both working, doing some studying, getting ready for Sunday. And I, I could hear Creighton's phone chirp. And he looked down and then he immediately looked up at me and he said, hey, it's David. I said, that's awesome. What's he saying? He's like, he wants to know if I want to hang out tonight. And at this point, Creighton hadn't hadn't hung out with David in months, months, maybe maybe even a year. And Creighton looked at me, and we had plans that evening. But I looked at him. I was like, "Dude, you need to go. Like, you need to go hang out with David. He's reaching out. Man, it's great. Go hang out with him." And uh, so Creighton, you know, finished up his work and 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 packed up his bag, and he's he's about to leave leave the office to head to to David's house. They were going to play some video games and just hang out. Didn't have a plan, just connect. 
And as Crate was about to walk out my door, I, I looked at him and I said, man, can you do me a favor? Like two things. One, you need to let, you need to let David know that you love him and that you miss him and that we all do, that we all miss him and we would love to see him. And Creighton was like, absolutely. So Creighton leaves. The day closes. I wake up December 1st. I've got a meeting at Waffle House. I love to have meetings at Waffle House. So I drive about 15 minutes. My meeting's at 10 o'clock, maybe 9 o'clock. I don't remember. And I pull into a parking lot. And as I go to get out of my truck, my phone rings. And I look down, and it's Creighton. Now... <laughs> He's going to laugh when he hears this, like to, to get any type of correspondence from Creighton before, let's say like 11 or noon, um, just not going to happen. <laughs> He's a night owl and he doesn't wake up early. So the fact that Creighton was calling me um, was alarming. And so I close the door, I get back in my truck, I take the call and Creighton is crying. He's bawling his eyes out. I'm like, bro, you need to calm down. What's what's going on? And he proceeds to tell me that that night he and David had hung out. I think to about one, two o'clock in the morning, to the point that Creighton knew he needed to he needed to get home, needed to get some sleep. As he's packing up his stuff, about to head out the door, he turns to David and he says, "Bro, I just want you to know that I love you. We all love you, and we miss you." And would love to see you at church. And David looked and that smile said, I love you too, man. And I know, and, and maybe I'll be there this Sunday. So Creighton left, went home, went to sleep and was awoken the next morning by David's mom calling that at some point between when Creighton left and his, his parents woke up, he put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger and killed himself. No note, really. No explanation. No swan song. Just took his life. Didn't reach out. I think was on some type of medication. But he killed himself. And Creighton is calling me, bawling his eyes out because he's at the house and he's just seen the body gurneyed out and he doesn't know what to do. And I tell Creighton, I got to go into this meeting. You need to answer whatever questions the police have because you were the last one to see him alive. And then you need to drive to the office and I'll meet you there. And he, he's through choking back tears. He says, yes, okay. I'll do that. And I was like, be strong. Trust in Jesus. I'll see you in a few. And, it, and it's, in, it's in that point that I'm just going to pick up the story. We're running out of time for this block. Uh, I'll pick up the story when we get back. One of the missions of Outlaw Radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the Bible and spiritual growth. With this in mind, we want you to check out Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Not only is their vision to help the thinker believe, but they exist to help the believer think. To accomplish both of these aims, their website, rzim.org, is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only answering your own difficult questions, but with the intention of providing the necessary tools to defend your faith in an ever-growing, hostile world. Once again, you can learn more about Ravi Zacharias International Ministries by visiting rzim.org. That's rzim.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm, I'm taking this episode to talk about my friend David. And I'm talking about my friend David because I want to talk about the issue of suicide. I found myself one morning on the phone with a friend hearing that a brother had taken his life. And so Creighton answered the questions of the police and, and he drove to the office. I, I wrapped up my appointment. I don't even know what in the world it was about. My mind was clearly elsewhere. I drove to the office and I, I'll never forget Creighton pulling in and getting out of his car and just collapsing, just collapsing in a puddle in my arms, bawling his eyes out. 
<laughs> I get Creighton in the office. I just, I tell him, dude, just take a minute, take a nap. I got to go teach a Bible class. I got to swing by the bank. I'm in shock. I don't know exactly what to do. I decide that before I call David's parents, I'm just going to get through my obligations. <laughs> I never forget pulling into the teller at the bank. And uh, she could tell the lady behind the glass that uh, something was going on with me. I'd seen this lady all the time. She says, are you okay? And I looked at her. And I said, no, I'm not. And she's like, oh, well, it, it'll get better. And I looked at her. I said, no, ma'am, it won't. And she says, oh, it always gets better. Look on the bright side. And I, and I turned to her. And I said, I said, ma'am, um, I just got a phone call that one of my, one of my boys killed himself and I'm going to have to in like an hour call his mother and then I've got to deal with all this stuff that's going on with his friends so I can tell you without a doubt that today's terrible and it's not going to get better and she just everyone had frozen and they were looking at me and I was like just don't ask how someone's doing if you don't care to know and I felt so bad for that lady but suicide I bring up I bring up David's story to 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 say something that needs to be said, especially in context to the previous episode about joy. In the last episode, in case you didn't listen to it, um, joy joy is something that transcends the emotional or the physical because it's rooted in the spiritual, and as such. When we deal with real emotional or physical issues, sadness and sorrow and depression, it's not an indicator of a spiritual issue per se, simply because joy transcends these things by being based in the spiritual. I'm going to say this up front. I know without a shadow of a doubt that my friend David, though he made a terrible decision to take his life, though that decision upon the moment it occurred was immediately regretted. I know that I will see David again in heaven because I know he knew grace. I know he knew the spirit. I knew he had given his life to Jesus. I had seen fruit. I I knew him. And I also had seen the very real struggle. I had seen the psychological turmoil. He was dealing with depression and a darkness and a moment of weakness in his flesh. His will made a terrible, terrible decision. But that doesn't damn him to hell for all of eternity. And it ticks me off when I hear pastors say that, that suicide is the one unpardonable sin because what it means is it means a decision that David did damns him for all of eternity. But if it's not his works that get him to heaven, it is a decision of the will to accept Jesus or not. But I believe with all of my, with all of my heart that people can enter into depression that they can deal with real mental illness and psychological issues that are not an indicator of a spiritual condition, but are an indicator of a sickness. And it's a shame that these that, that, that sickness and some of the medication that people end up being on fill their thoughts with, 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 with darkness, with poor indicators. The Bible never presents suicide. As the unpardonable sin. The only unpardonable sin, according to Jesus, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And in the context in which he's saying it, he's talking to Jews who have already rejected in the Old Testament the revelation of God the Father, who are about to reject the revelation of God the Son when they crucified Jesus. And he's saying, listen, what comes next is the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Spirit. And if you reject the Spirit's revelation... There's nothing left. Nothing remains. You've rejected all of the Godhead. The only unpardonable sin, the only thing that gets you damned to hell is the rejection of God. It's the only thing that God can't forgive is a free-willed moral creature that chooses to reject him. And I don't think suicide is the indicator that someone is rejecting Jesus. I think suicide is the indicator that someone has really struggled, that has gotten lost, that yes, okay, I can admit maybe his lost sight of grace maybe is 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 fleshing out and not in quite 
as tuned with the spirit as they need to be. But I know that David was a believer. Now, I'll say all this by saying I'm not one of these type of people that believe in the, in the full once saved, always saved concept. I do think that the Bible presents instances where people choose to walk away. Now, you can say, well, then they, they never made the choice to begin with. I don't know. And that's not for me to say. If I can choose to be saved, why can't I choose to not be saved? And I don't want to get into all of those issues other than to say that the consolation that I had in the death of my friend David was the knowledge that he was healed. I know he regretted it. I know the moment he took his life and entered eternity and stood face to face with Jesus, he understood that he had made a mistake, a tragic mistake. But I also believe that in that moment, Standing before Jesus, God's grace met him and God's love filled him. And that he heard, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter your rest. His life was cut short. His service was cut short. What God wanted to do through his life, yes, was cut short, but it didn't change what God had done in his life. If, if you have had a loved one take their life, whether it be a child or a spouse or a friend, make that, that terrible decision. The, the ultimate selfish decision, to be fair. Totally self-consumed, not caring about anyone else or how their decision would affect anyone else. But if you've experienced that loss and you're grappling with this, this, this is this person in heaven or not? The question you should ask is not, well, is suicide the one thing that sends them to hell? The question you should instead ask is, did they know Jesus? And did they just succumb to an illness and a struggle? A regrettable one, but still a real one. And I should also say that if you're listening to this and you're, you're, mind is being filled with with terrible thoughts if you're listening to this and maybe you already have a plan maybe you're listening you're sitting in your car and your plan is to do something terrible and you're hearing me talk right now i want you to know your decision will be devastating for all those people that you love and that Jesus wants to liberate you from it he wants to heal you from it that this doesn't have to be the end of your journey but that you need help, and immediately you need to find help. Go to CalvaryChapelAssociation.com, which is a website. It's got a collection of Calvary Chapel churches all over, the, all over the world. I want you to go to that site and find the closest Calvary Chapel to you. I want you to drive there. I want you to call, and I want you to ask for a pastor and say, I'm struggling, I'm having dark thoughts, and I need help. And if you don't get an immediate response or a reply, you call 678-883-3316. You let me know. And I will call you personally if this is what you're dealing with. I know firsthand how this affects everyone around you and what a travesty it is because God could have used David to do amazing things. Now, subsequently... I've seen how this situation has still been used by God to do amazing things. Yes, I will see David again in heaven. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to punch him in the nose. But then I'm going to I'm going to hug him. And I'm going to tell him I love him and that I missed him. Well, there's not an easy way to segue out of such subjects. But you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach. If you like what you've heard, like I, I just want to encourage you to do two things. Contact your local station. Just tell them that, that you're glad that they have this type of programming on. And then I also I want you to go check out our website, outlawradio.org. And here's why. From our website, you can easily access our podcasts. Everything you hear, every episode is posted on our podcast, which means you can re-listen, listen to former episodes, or pass this along to someone who needs to hear it. Once again, I'm Zach Adams. I hope you join me again this time next week for the Outlaw Radio Show.
You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.